podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to your AI Fantasy Football Podcast. In this one, we're going to be doing our season review. Baby getting a bit heavy with the stats here, so this might be some like very, very basic pitch version of you, of Under Pressure. <laughs> um, but uh, joining me to discuss, well, we've got one person who's good at FPL, and there's me, who's middling, and then, well, I would, I would say I was up, upper middling, and then we've got proper middling with Jay. How are you doing, fellas? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Um, haven't really, haven't thought about FPL for a week or two, so it'll be interesting to have a look back at the the highs and the lows. A calm head, because you won, you twat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jay, I've you're on this podcast because you did worse than me. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I um, if by season masters go, I'm probably. Due my pre-season any time in a few weeks because I was on the beach come uh, round about March. Um, so, yeah, I sort of slumped into mid-table mediocrity of the AI Fantasy Football League around about week 31, 32 and just set up for that, really. So, yeah, I'm here to add a little bit of balance to the part of a champion and a contender. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm basically wolves in this situation. Best of the rest, but none of this. Well, they're actually doing well stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's only, we can't really go into transfers or anything. Maybe we'll have a little touch about um, plans for next season and, and, and different tactics to, to learn from and stuff like that. But, uh, Jay, I'll start with you. I mean, what was your uh, overall points for the season? Yeah, I didn't do overly bad, but I didn't do overly great. Um I finished on a grand total of 2,088. Now, that's probably a decent benchmark is to reach the 2,000-point mark, probably the 40 points in comparison to the the Premier League if you're looking for a a safety. Um, So, yeah, um, I finished the final week on 51, and the average was 51, and that probably sums up my whole FPL season, to be quite honest. I I loitered around the average mark on most weeks, a couple of weeks I did get above average, but going through the stats of the season, I didn't manage to make three figures at all once. Um, and quite often I got quite lucky with my captain pick, who in some weeks, um, for example, I had Salah as a captain who scored me 30 points and that week I scored 65. So I was heavily dependent on my captaincies. Um, but other than that, at average season, um didn't finish top in any of my leagues. Uh, I ran a few people closer, said up until about week 30, 31, and then drifted away in the last end of the season. I didn't use my wild cards very well. I uh, bottled it in week three and used my first wild card. And then week 23 was my second wild card. So I wasn't very good at that. And then to sum it all up, my triple captain was last day of the season, Mo Salah, who got nine. Ooh. So. That kind of sums up my season, to be quite honest. It was between Salah and Mane, and I picked the wrong one. Yeah, I mean, what what was your overall rank then this season? Um, let's have a quick gander at that one, sorry. Across uh, 950,583. Um, so, not great. Mm. In our AI League, the Contributors League... Um, I finished fourteenth uh, out of thirty-one, so literally smack bang middle of the table. And then in our AI Open League, I finished top half, if you could call it that, of three hundred and thirteenth out of seven hundred ninety-nine. So uh, every league apart from two of my actual personal leagues, I had a red arrow on the last game week. So kind of sums it up. I all went downhill. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of similar to you. I mean, I, I had some good spells. I think I did break 100 a couple of times, I think. Um, just having a quick scan through my previous scores. I think one where I 
I uh, captained Aguero for his hat trick and stuff like that. It was yeah, second game week two, hundred points. I think that's like the best I've ever done there. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a similar story for me. Um, just go through my uh, overall points. I got two thousand two hundred and eleven, which overall rank is two hundred thousand thirty two hundred thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety ninth place. If I learn how to speak, <laughs> so. It's it's not great, it's not bad, it's probably average more than anything. But I was just looking at my previous um, performances in, in FPL, and it looks like I'm getting better after every year. 13-14, got below 2,000. Same in 15-16, same in 16-17. 17-18, I just got over 2,000. So I'm improving every year. So it looks like I'm, <laughs> I'm learning, albeit slowly. Um so yeah, it's not it's not it's not um not highly impressive, but it looks like I'm I'm learning not to just do mad mad crap stuff anymore. Um Simon, what was your point haul and I imagine your your overall rank's going to be a lot smaller number than mine and <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh so I ended up with two thousand four hundred and twenty points, which put me at three thousand nine hundred overall rank, which is my second best ever finish. Uh, I got in 2014-15 I got a rank of 1022 um, and then yeah I on the last day of that I actually had a horrible last day and ended up falling out of getting a, t- a three number rank which would have been pretty nice and um, yeah I, I'm very 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 happy overall I kind of hit well I can't really complain about it but around game week 26 i was in 3000 overall rank and i kind of just i think i i bottled it a little bit with some of the blank weeks and and stuff like that and i didn't i kind of like went up to around 10,000 and then i managed to work my way back down and i had a really good last day i got 86 points in the final day um which was enough to for a few little mini league wins and stuff. Um, obviously, I won the the most important one, the AI Contributors League, and I came third in the overall Anfield Index League, where I piped the person who had been winning it for most of the season, which was a nice little little uh, victory. And um, yeah, I am very very happy. I just felt like I kind of. Once I reached a point where I had a really good rank, I kind of went. I think I just did the wrong thing, and I tried to. I don't know. I just kind of hit a bit of a wall there, but I'm I'm pretty happy that I managed to pretty much make it back to where I was. So yeah, overall, can't complain really. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, you bastard. (laughs) 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 So I mean. It's probably, we do have quite a lot of stats, as I mentioned in, in the intro, but just going off off um, your recollection and stuff like that, is there any key transfers or key moments in, in the season for you, Jay? I know you mentioned your, your wild cards and your triple captains didn't go well, but is there any is there any um, players you thought were key to, to you having a decent season or any transfers that you failed to make that let you down? Well, taking the two transfers originally, um, I made 61 throughout the season and took a points total hit of 108. So that probably wasn't pretty wise. Um, and I probably was saved with Mo Salah. I kind of got on him at the right time um, at the second half of the season when he did come into a more consistent period of form. Um, but players I did miss out on was probably the Man City players at the right time. Um, I had across the season. I did have at times. I had Aguero, Sterling, uh, David Silva, and Sonny. But I always seemed to be either prior to their form or after their form. So I kind of wasted a lot of time in investing in those players, but then gambling on them actually coming good. And as we've mentioned several times on the fancy football pod, um, Pep's wheel of rotation is highly inconsistent. You don't know who he's going to pick from week to week. Um, so we, we I kind of missed out a lot of times when I picked Sonny 
and he was coming off the bench and maybe he was getting a goal or an assist, but he would only feature for 20 minutes, if at all. Um, so that was probably me, me downside in terms of me overall transfers. Um, other than that, though, I heavily relied on Liverpool players and obviously Mo Salah was uh, my highest point scorer. And then um, down from that, it was the defensive side, really. I, was, I started off with Alisson. I came away from him after a couple of game weeks and then jumped back to him shortly after. And obviously, he picked up the Golden Glove, so we picked up a nice number of points for everybody across the season. And then I stuck with Trent Alexander-Arnold for the majority of the season up until the point of where we started to score less goals. And then I put Andy Robertson in, so I was heavily reliant on Liverpool keep a clean sheet. We did it for, for a lot of games, but... We had a little wobble of a period when we were conceding odd goals here and there. And that probably cost me uh, several points because I was heavily reliant on, obviously, as I say, our clean sheets um, output. But I probably didn't do too bad in terms of me captaincies. I stuck mainly to the main players, obviously, Mane, Salah, uh, Sterling at the times, Hazard. Um, but other than that, it was. I was basically just stabbing a hope in the dark and trying to get it right, but it was I was always a week behind or a week ahead. So it's it's something I probably need to look at next season is calm down on the transfers and if I'm gonna make one, just stick with the free ones because I was making twos and threes at the time and that's probably cost me a lot on on the whole basis of the season, really. Yeah, it's a similar it's a similar picture for me, really. I'm I, I made fifty-eight transfers. Um Overall, but I took an I took ninety six point hit from uh, from extra transfers and stuff like that. So that that that's ninety six points. That could have been a huge difference in the season, I suppose. I mean, everyone takes the odd minus, but ninety six is quite a lot. Um, and and for me, I mean, in, in terms of my key key transfer, it's probably more Salah. I mean, he is he's the player I had um, second most in the season. I had him for 27 game weeks. Uh, the only person I had more was Robertson, who I had for 30. But when Salah had his bar- little barren spell of uh, probably post-January, oh, around January, I think it was, I-, I really kept him when people were jumping ship to Sadio Mane and he was obviously on fire. That I think that was probably the most key key time in the season for me in terms of where I kind of not stagnated or anything like that, but it just it's just I think that was probably the difference between doing average to doing really well is that you jump off the big players at the right time. Um Sai as someone who'd actually did well, um would you would you say you did you were right where you did jump off like Mo Salah at that time, for example? No, I actually also kept Mo Salah oh, nice. at that time as well. Um yeah, I had a few I think kind of like you as well, Robertson was my biggest man. So he, I actually put my triple captain on him, which worked out surprisingly well. Um, I did get rid of Salah for Mane towards the end of the season, but I didn't I didn't top off at that point where they kind of did a bit of a flip. And um, by the time I kind of... I, I, I just thought that Mo would... Like as we had talked about quite often on the pod so I think we both kind of thought that he would find that form again and he just didn't um, but I think the main player that I missed out on was probably Laporte who just killed it for the last month of the season and DNA as well at Everton who I had for around five or six weeks and then I got rid of him for someone I can't remember who it was, someone really bad, and then he put up like, I think I think he put up the most points out of anyone for about four weeks as well. So, him and Laporte were two people that I was just too kind of stubborn to bring in. I think for some reason, um, I think the 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 players who kind of did really well for me would have been the likes of Jimenez, who I had for. 30 weeks so I brought him in quite early and Doherty as well I brought him in uh, I had him for 26 weeks and surprisingly then I had I had Sterling and and for quite a long time as well so they did 
they obviously did quite well. But um, yeah, I didn't take as many hits as you lads anyway. I only took 20, sorry, over here. Um, I only took 28 hits, 28 points worth of hits, and I made 41 transfers. Damn. So, I mean, mm. total, tra- I mean, for- what was it, 41 transfers? That's yeah. 17 less than me. And what was yours, Jay? Uh, yeah, 61 so, transfers and 108 points in hits. That's it. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I usually don't take, I normally as a whole would rarely take a hit. Anyway, I don't like taking hits, but I mean, it can work out very well. But, um, it's risky, especially as you get towards the end where you haven't got as many weeks to make up the points. In my defence, I did, looking at the stats, I took a total point hit, I'd say, of 108, but my immediate points gained from transfers was 214. So I kind of did make the right transfers, you could probably say, but I probably made too many at the time. That's cost me across the season. Um, and then another one, well, one player who sticks out in my mind, uh, don't know about yourselves, um, was a player I left on my bench quite a lot, was James Ward-Prowse. Mm. I played him six game weeks and only took a total of 12 points from him. However, I missed out on 51 when he was on my bench. Um, and that's quite a lot. And uh, that's probably the standout player, especially in the the second half of the season when uh, Southampton sort of got themselves sorted out and hasn't had them playing in the system and they were impressive against Liverpool to be quite honest when we did play down there um, we obviously took a big result in, in an away victory but he was one player especially who stood out for me as uh, a player who I missed out on week in week out especially the last of weeks where he was he, t- he takes free kicks and he was getting some Big, big goals for Southampton. So, is there any of your team that you uh, stand out as a key player that you probably had on the bench quite a regular time and they've cost you points that probably you should have had in the team? For me, it looks like Juan Bissaka's that man. Um, obviously, I think everyone had him at the start of the season. If not, they brought him in straight away. But I, it, looking at looking at how much amount of um, times I benched him rather than played him, it looks like I didn't. I did not trust Crystal Palace one bit when I had him in the squad. And obviously, I think Simon made up vicious rumor that he was injured all season. <laughs> the rest of the season, <laughs> hey now, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got rid of him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I got forty eight um, benched points from one Basaka, and I only I only made thirty six. So that's quite a lot of missed points. Um, Juan Bissaka, I know. I think he only started the season at four or four point five, and um, yeah, I mean, it it, look, it looks like he was one I missed quite a lot of points out. Considering if um, Simon didn't lie to me, I probably would have kept him all season. <laughs> yeah, I also had that. I also had a pretty same issue with him as well. Like benched him for benched him for thirty seven points, and I played him for forty seven points. But my, my my the most benched points I had was um, Hoberg with mm. thirty eight. But that makes like I wasn't he was he's not the type of person that you'd ever really play. Mm. So you know that was always going to happen. But he did have quite a surprising amount of goal involvement over the season. Mm. My second place cool. most cool. benched points was. Schindler from from Huddersfield. <laughs> so yeah, you're never going to play pick, him. That's yeah, fair. I've I've picked quite well there. I think <laughs> it's just my yeah. like had a Yeah, exactly. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. David Luiz is third, uh, but he was quite a late pickup. I only had him for ten game weeks, so that's not too bad. Um, obviously, we every season you get you get that um get that cheap lad who who does well in the season where I know the Leicester season we had Vardy and Mara's where everyone had them and nobody was had different teams. Um and last year it was a couple of seasons ago it was like Josh King and stuff like that. But this season it it I for me it was probably Ryan Fraser. Um he he obviously started, I can't remember what he started off price wise. What did he start off as? 
do 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 do. I think he started off at six. I think he was. He finished at six point four. So I'll say he started. He started at six. But he he someone who um who did quite well for me. Really, he got um got me sixty one points. Um, but only three point eight a game. So. Do you think with the with these players? I mean, Bournemouth's probably the the biggest um, team that does this. They they always start off well, then turn crap, and then mint again, and then finish crap. It, it, is these players who are awesome for a part of the season? You just kind of got to not stick with them too much because that's seemingly the problem with with Fraser. I got a lot of points, but going off his average points, it looks like I've kept him for too long. Um, and that's kind of put that down. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I think it's hard to know with those type of people. I mean, Fraser Redmond as well would be one, uh, and Morrison at Leicester, or sorry, Madison at Leicester was kind of like that as well. He kind of had these just huge peaks, and then he had just months of spells where he didn't do a thing. So it's very hard to know when to bring those in. And you kind of always have that temptation because they're not expensive, especially if you buy them early. That if you get rid of them, they're they're actually almost too expensive to buy back. So I think when you get rid of players like that, you're kind of nearly getting rid of them, and you're and you're and you're kind of you know that you won't be buying them back in. So he was yeah, he's definitely one of those. So I I don't really know how you like. I've always found that bit of FBL quite hard to know when to get on and off people especially people who outperformed their initial price tag um, you either have to buy them when they're way too expensive and then hope that they don't dip or just as I said you know hold them for, for their bad spell of form just because of the value of them yeah, I mean, Jay, have you, did you find any, any player that it looks like you've stuck with for too much and it's kind of so you've suffered because of it? Yeah, there was a there was a few players. Um, Pogba was probably the standout one. Mm, um, good show. It was a gamble. Obviously, he had that about six to eight week period, and I think I did chuck him in then, and I got uh, sixty eight points from him. But he was obviously he was he was more cold than he was hot uh, throughout the season, and he sort of hit that period just to to get the fans on side and get his PFA Team of the Year votes from his fellow professionals, which was an absolute farce, as we all know. Um, but he was the one that probably stands out at looking quickly across my team as the player who was the wrong transfer to me. But I did have, uh, going back to your point you made about a bargain player, uh, Johnny from Wolves. I had him at the mm. start of the season and then he was quickly discarded by myself for the wrong reasons. Um and then, obviously, I got him back in, I think, for the last couple of game weeks. And I only took 28 points from him. But across the season, he did actually do pretty well. Um, you can't really knock any of the Wolves players, but Johnny was 4.3, and he scored a total of 103 points. He probably started out, I imagine, around about 4 to 4.1, uh, where a lot of people did have Doherty, but he was a million more. So, obviously when you're crunching the numbers and you're looking for some bargain players, uh, Johnny was the one to have out of the two win-backs from Wolves. But I think, uh, looking slightly ahead into next season, the Wolves players are going to be significantly increased given uh, the performance levels this season. So you might be one to keep an eye on Johnny as well as Doherty in terms of you could probably afford one as an option in your team, but it's obviously a gamble to try and have both of them and who knows what the second season will bring for Wolves. Obviously, their investments suggest they should be okay, but the second season, we never really know with anyone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's you've, there's always that um, issue with finding a player who's a bit not owned so much, and I think you've, you've made a good comparison there in the, in the Doherty to Johnny one, because everyone had Doherty apart from me, and when I did, he seemed to do crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always a struggle finding that. Um, for, for comparison, I, I wanted to ask you this, Simon. Um, if you, if mm-hmm. you're on your stat screen, if you scroll down 
um, just above like the big player um, thing, it, it goes on about your formations. What was your most used formation? Just three Alvin's. four three. Was it really? Because that was Which mine. I, yeah, I had I played three four three twenty three times. Hmm. So and I got an average points of sixty four point four, and I played four four two, um, uh, seven times, and I got average point of sixty two point six. So that's interesting, actually. Mm. So I kind of I didn't do that much better with the three four three, but that's what I always fall back on. Even though I felt that this year there were more points in defense, I still I'm actually quite. I actually would have thought that I would have played four at the back a lot more than I did. I didn't realize that I still had that as the, as my most picked. So that is interesting, actually. Yeah, and ju- just for my comparison, I, I, my most common one was 3-4-3 three, three as well, with an average points of 61.1. So, yeah, so... Yeah, so there's not a huge not difference. too far off, yeah. Yeah, there's not a so huge maybe, difference yeah. between us. But what annoys me... I think- Sorry, uh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that that's probably the most favoured formation because it's forward heavy. Yeah, and 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 this season probably wasn't the best season for forwards. Um, if, if I could just chip in with mine, mm. um, I I use three four three and only got an average of fifty five point four points, but my total points across um, the season. My defence scored four seven five. My attack at forwards scored five three five. So it's only a sixty point swing, and I was playing the same number of players. And obviously, you you get a lot more with your your forwards for for players returning. In fact, if you had the goalkeeping points on, I had one hundred and forty one. So my defence and goalkeeper significantly outweighed my forward line, but then my midfield saved me with seven hundred ninety three. So. Like if this season was uh, the season to probably play at times uh, a three-five-two, and I did actually resort to that three times, and that was my highest average. I got sixty-two point three. Um, so that, that's quite interesting to look at the fact that when, when you look back across the season, especially in FPL, uh, Mane was top scorer, joint top scorer, and he was ranked as a midfielder, and then Sterling was up there. He's obviously ranked as a midfielder. And then other players that come into your mind, obviously Hazard, Son, Sane, uh, they they all scored a lot of points across the season, but they're all ranked as midfielders. It may be something that next season they'll change again, because I think last season Salah was a midfielder and he changed into a forward this year. Or was he still classed as no, midfielder? He's still, he's still, still a midfielder, midfielder, yeah. Midfielder, yeah. yeah. Bob, Bobby, got, Bobby got changed Bobby was, two seasons ago. Bobby was yeah, switched, yeah. yeah. That was the one. But maybe they'll look at switching a few players, obviously, given the formations that ourselves and Man City play. The, the forward three, you, you tend to have two midfielders classified in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. It was the one I was going to make as well, because my, my um, highest average points is 71.6 with 3.52, which would have given me, if I times that by 38 it would have been 2720 <laughs> so you know <laughs> how many times was that played uh, just seven unfortunately so it's quite high I, yeah. I only played 352 twice and it was my best average as well <laughs> it's very weird so i mean we're only we're only half an hour in but just ca- just casting an eye because this ties in quite well if FPL doesn't like make more and all the what would you call them wide forwards if they don't make them forwards is is a strategy for next season not simply but try and pack the midfield I think we probably say this at the end of every season then get tempted by the 3-4-3 but <laughs> it is looking with the numbers in front of us now is 3-5-2 maybe 4-5-1 or whatever is it is that the more um correct option for you, for you Simon um, I'm not sure I think the problem with the 352 is you end up with um, trying to find a, a kind of a bench a person you can bench who plays up front and there aren't any cheap options that actually play ever so like you're you're, you're either going to end up spending 
five or five point five on a person who's going to be on your bench most of the time, or you have a player who's four point five who plays up front who you know will never even get one minute of pitch time. Um, so I think that's the advantage of the three four three is there's usually a cheap midfielder at four point five who can. I mean, if you look at someone like Hoberg or McNeil, like they actually did quite well for. I mean, like they picked up mm. a few points out there. I'd feel much better having them on my bench to know that I could actually get something from them. But with the three-five-two, you—if one of your midfielders didn't play, you're depending on either, like, if you're kind of only then depending on your two backup defenders then who are normally the likes of uh, someone like Bournemouth or some Huddersfield defender or some, you know, people that you're not going to really expect much from. So that's the problem with it that. Um, that I find hard because you're kind of it just makes the spread of money. I think that's why it's a little bit more popular towards the end of an FPL term because you've you've got more money and people have emerged as as kind of budget options that you wouldn't know for the first couple of months. So it's it is something that'd be interesting, but I don't think I could start with it. Um, just money wise, it'd be quite hard to build a team. I think. Yeah, uh, and before I come to you, Jay, I just got to say this: if I extrapolate the points I get for using three five two, I would have won FPL <laughs> 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 easily. I would have came first by uh, about eighty odd points. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm taking that as a moral victory. <laughs> um, next year, three five two only, and then I'll probably come like last in the world. Um, but Jay. Will you be looking more towards the midfield then next season? Yeah, as I've touched on, it probably depends on who they decide to list as midfielders and list as forwards. And secondly, the transfer window this summer, um, who moves around. And obviously, if you take a quick scan of across the league at the moment, there's probably not a high percentage of quality forwards out there, you can probably list around about half a dozen off the top of your head who you could probably rely on pinning your hopes in, in fancy football, but at the cost of 11 to 13 million, obviously your top three forwards as they were would be Kane, Aguero and Aubameyang. Now, obviously uh, Aubameyang picked up the golden boost. You'd imagine he might be a million more next season because mm. um, he's probably the go-to guy for Arsenal. But then if you take it just outside of the, the fantasy world and, and think about potential transfers, obviously Chelsea <clears throat> have got a transfer ban, so we don't really know who's coming and going there. Um, so that's a mystery. Uh, they're probably going to lose Hazard, but he's a midfielder. Uh, mm. With ourselves, it depends if the switch uh, that Mane and Salah into a forward role. So that's one to be decided. Uh, United is United. Um, Arsenal, as we said, is probably over my hand, and then you could look at the cheaper option of Lacazette. Uh, Spurs is Harry Kane. Um, and then I think Lucas and Song are both listed as midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, who else are we missing? Uh, Man City. Um, it's Aguero or Jesus. And I, I kind of fancy the idea that Aguero might actually leave this summer. Oh, so. Nice. I don't. I, I just a, a theory I've come up with in my head is uh, Griezmann to Barcelona, Aguero back to Atletico Madrid, and Man City to splash the cash on somebody. Um, now Mbappe or Neymar, let them take Neymar because he'll get kicked all over the league and cry off most weeks. But if they decide to fiddle the funds as they often do, and somehow swindle Mbappe, then the league's in for a hell of a shock because he's just going to run wild I imagine but that's PSG, obviously all right. PSG won't sell a man that's all hypothetical not, yeah um, <laughs> but I'm looking on like a, a fantasy realm of the transfer world but yeah uh, I think three five two. if the midfield options stay as the likes of Salah, Mane, Son Sterling, uh, Bernardo then obviously you're probably going to chuck in three of them and look for two mid-table options uh, just to bulk out your team. So I, 
it's it's hard to call now with no movements, but it's it's something that probably we should remind ourselves when we come to looking at picking our squads next season. Can I just throw one yeah. uh, little interesting thing? I just put in the, the person who finished top, and he also played mm. three four three twenty eight times, but his average is obviously a lot better than ours. His average was. Uh, 70.8. See, I would have smashed him. <laughs> <laughs> he played three, four, three, five, two, four times, an average of 69. So it, I think I'd say if you took every single team, I'd say most people would be three, four, three, mm-hmm. the bulk of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's certainly the most. Um... Uh, common one, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely is just less defenders. You'd probably say get lower points, but probably more consistent points. I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And then the forward, uh, it's either bang or bust, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah. And I think most people are very reluctant to captain a defender as well. You know, like if you did say go for a four four or two, or even like a five three two, you'd be and you bought like say. Like all the really expensive defenders who actually do, especially this year, did match a lot of the midfielders. And I mean, people like Van Dyke and Laporte and stuff like did match people up front who were a lot more expensive, but still, just very rarely would people take the risk of putting the armband on them. So that that is also another advantage to the, the three four three or even the three five two. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely it's definitely a tough one to do. I'm just just for pure maths. I'm going to go three five two next season quite a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> for the maths. Um, we've got we've got that on record, by the yeah. way. So that's it. No, so you, you can't go back. <laughs> so next season, <laughs> next season when I'm bagging on about playing Aguero, Aubameyang, and whoever else just just gives us cheeky slap <laughs> guy first yep. week of the season goes 4-5-1 with Glenn Murray up top yes, <laughs> yes. ran down all the way Graham Potter's going to turn him into absolute animal <laughs> uh, oh, <God>. yes um, <laughs> obviously we, we've touched on midfield obviously being, being possibly the key position whether it's 3-4-3-3-5-2 or whatever Um but someone who's done really well, both in, in, in real life and FPL, is Eden Hazard. But he hasn't, well, he didn't get in FPL, not FPL, uh, Premier League Team of the Year, I don't think. And he wasn't really in the conversation properly for, for player of the season. But he was my best average points played um, this season. Obviously, Hazard always has these barren spells um, in in the season. It's no different this season. But on this, it looks like I I picked him quite well. Uh, I think I triple captained him as well. Uh, I think I did. Uh, Yeah, the one time I captained him, I think I triple captained him. Um, So, did did either of you have this Hazard conundrum or, or did you try and avoid him this season, if I start with you, sir? I did have him, yeah. I had him for 11 weeks and I benched him for one week as well, Same. apparently. But Same. I think, was that when he was injured or something? I don't know. Uh, that I, that I, was where he didn't play or something. Yeah, yeah. So I had um, an average of 8.6 points, which is pretty good, actually. I mean, it's my, I mean, my, my top average points is Ederson, but that's because I only brought him in for one of the double weeks. So he got, you know, he just got. 12 he got two times six and that doesn't really count so yeah. my real top was was Marcelo with 10.8 so 8.6 and considering the price between them is actually probably pretty spot on but um I just find he is such a frustrating player to own though he always has been that way because he can score one point or a million and you never know it doesn't really matter who he's like. He's he's not a particularly. He seems to be able to score very well in any fixture, and then blank in ones that you think that he he do well. And so I find him quite frustrating to own, but I find it hard to not buy him at some point during the season. So I had him for I suppose that's about a third of 
the whole year so that is quite high I suppose I didn't think that I actually had him for that much so that is interesting but yeah he's he's just a bastard down really isn't he <laughs> <laughs> he uh, yeah yeah and Jay did you have the same hazard conundrum and how did he do for you I think actually that was probably one of my better moves I got him at the right time I only had him for nine weeks and got 105 points from an average point return of 11.7, which is probably, it's the, the third highest in terms of my actual statistical high uh, average points because the other two players were Doherty and Alonso. I had Doherty for one week, he got 15, and Alonso for two weeks and he got 12. Um, but I had a period when obviously I was, I say, a heavy rotation um, but in the middle of my uh, stats page, I had Hazard, Kane and Mane for nine games each and got 105 from Hazard, 103 from Kane and Mane, 99. So they averaged 11 or more for the three players. So I did do something right. Uh, I just didn't do it enough. Um, but overall, across the season, uh, me far and away the most common player was Mo Salah, uh, 29 weeks. Had an average of 10.3, got me 299 points. But I imagine it's probably the case for, I'd say, around 60% of players on FBL has probably got Mo Salah uh, as their best point scorer. And I'd say probably around 80 to 85% of people probably had him in their team anyway. So you're not really claiming the differentials mm. on others. Um, but he's someone you've probably got to have. Uh, but with Hazard... We probably won't have that next season if rumours are be to believe that he's off to sunnier climates. Yeah, and I don't think many people will be getting Christian Pulisic in their team, considering his output in Germany. Um, just whilst we're <laughs> discussing Salah, I thought I'd look at Mark Roberts' team just to double-check if he didn't have any Man United or Everton players throughout the season. He didn't! <laughs> so I was just uh, double-checking that. Um, but <laughs> it looks a, like... A man true to his words. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair dues to you there, Mark. Um, but it looks like, um, just to compare, he had Salah for 34 game weeks and captained him 23 times. And his average points was 12.8 um, for more Salah, which is higher than my highest, which was Hazard with 11.7. Um, and just for other reference, uh, Salah was my second with 11.4, but uh, I only captained him 14 times and kept him 27 times. Um, so going into next season, Sai, uh, is it is the safest option with Mo Salah, unless he has a, a, a nightmare season, um, is just to keep him, even if he does have a barren spell. I'm not, I mo- I definitely moved off him too late, but if he does have a barren spell, is it is it fair to say that you should just keep Mo? Mm, it's hard to know. It depends how much he is. I mean, I imagine it's going to be about the same price, maybe 0.5 less. Yeah, it must be cheaper. Yeah, I could see them maybe knocking 0.5 off them. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably, depending on their prices, I'm nearly thinking of starting the season with Robertson and Trent and just letting them, and just leave them there and then pick between one of Salah or Mane or Bobby possibly even, or... Someone else, I don't know. Kada is an option, but um, mm. if he starts getting into the team and if he's priced quite reasonably again. But yeah, I think Salah's one of those, isn't he? Uh, you probably do have to just hold him in your team, but he does eat up such a big portion of your budget. It's hard to... I'm not sure. It's it's tough because he 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 was playing well at that time. And I do remember we talked about this quite a lot, how we... He still had the stats, but he just wasn't. He was just missing that final end yeah. product. But he was still so. If he if if he looks like that, I definitely would. But if he's in bad form and he's not playing well, then I would get rid of him. I think that's where I. I think with I think with a big player like Kane and Salah and Aguero and stuff, if they're not on form, but they're still getting into the box and they're, you know, then it's definitely worth kind of hold an answer because it's 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 a matter of time but if they're playing bad for three or four matches back to back which they don't really ever do then i probably that's that would be 
the point that I get rid of them then. Yeah, it's it's certainly a bit of a dilemma, but I think I I got we obviously as Liverpool fans will watch Liverpool ninety nine ninety nine percent of the time. Um, so we can kind of judge on eye test much more than say Hazard got say if Chelsea are on on telly seven out of ten ten weeks those three weeks he might absolutely stink up the place but we'll, we'll just see match of the day where he skinned eight people and scores. Um, but Jay, similar um, question are you with, with more Salah? I mean, he's I think he's played a key role for most people this season, but um, it is is. Hopefully he will be cheaper, but do you think he again it's just it's just worth keeping more all season? Yeah, there's probably as Simon mentioned, um if you're gonna have Liverpool players next season, you're gonna look towards the defence, um, given obviously our performances this season with Alexander Arnold and Robertson, but I think um Alexander Arnold's price will significantly increase for next season, so that's one to keep an eye on. Um with Mo Salah, I think he started off at 13.5 the start of the season and he finished on 13.3 million. So you would imagine he's going to be the 13 million mark again. And then it leaves you with the option of if you have Mo Salah, you can probably only afford one more luxury player of 10 plus million. And then you've got to book out your squad. Um, so if you do have him, the, the form book says stick with him. As uh, Mark has probably proved to us across the season, um, if you do stick it out with Mo Salah and captain him on the majority of occasions, he will reward you in the end. Um, but I think Mane is probably a key one to keep an eye on for next season for Liverpool because he's probably exceeded most people's expectations outside of Liverpool this season. We all knew his talents um, and we all know he's he misses a lot more than he scores, but he's getting a lot more consistent this year. So I think next year there's, it, it it could be a key decider in FPL what price Mane comes in at. Will he shoot over the 10, 11 million mark mm. and become an asset that you, you may actually think twice about? Um, but I think if you probably say, guns to your head, Salah or Mane, you're probably going to go Salah just because he's done it both seasons now and you know you, what you're going to get if you don't get the goals you will get everything else out of them as, as Liverpool fans we know how much he contributes on the pitch as well um, that probably as you say match of the day probably would not show but we do see that week in week out so we we know as fans that what what he's going to put out and we can see when he's probably going to strike a horse as well yeah yeah I, I think well I had more Salah and Mane in game week one. I was just I was just comparing my old team to my uh, to uh, to my first team to the last team, and it's changed a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Salah Salah's probably been the one const, constant in there. I, I think I, I got rid of Mane um, pretty early on, but I, I eventually got him back in for Salah. I think I did. Um, so yeah, that's changed quite a lot. But we've only got. 10 15 minutes left so how about an eye on eye on next season possibly a focus on liverpool um simon obviously allison's had well he's been the best goalkeeper in in the game uh, most points i believe uh, i think he what was he this season was he six this season i think he yeah, was, was six, six. Yeah. so are we expecting him to go to the 6.5 dream world that um, de gea wasn't this season but was obviously not an option for anyone in fpl so are we expecting him to go up in price? I'd say, yeah, I think maybe him and Edison could get a little bump up. Um, I don't think anyone else will. I think them two are you're kind of kind of the most kind of secure way into the two best defenses in the league. Um, Edison doesn't really get as many doesn't really get as many save points. Edison seems to get a few more, but not that much more. I think. Uh, I'd say they'll both be up, and I can see why you'd pick one of them. But I've never went for an expensive goalie before, so I don't mm, know if I will or not. I think I'd prefer to spend that money on Robertson and Trent, even though they will be more expensive. I just think they basically play like a winger in that team. So Ederson might be a little bit more tempted, just because depending who Man City buy. 
their back four isn't really that nailed on apart from Laporte maybe but even he seemed to get rested a few times this season when Stones was fit so it'll be interesting yeah yeah, I mean, I think Allison and Edison will definitely go up. Maybe Pickford somehow he's third, um, but I think Everton did finish the oh uh, yeah Jesus. season quite strongly. <laughs> um, weirdly, <laughs> it's, did, did they go? Uh, I think it was they've not conceded a goal at home since February. Everton, if I'm mm. right in in in, uh, in what I think is correct, I think they went something like the last six games at home they didn't concede a goal and they played ourselves, Arsenal and Chelsea within that period. So I think, and he, he saved a couple of penalties across the season as well, mm. um, which skewed us as well as Fabianski. I'm never going to buy a Pickford. I, I, no, I just no, can't. never. No, I just can't. <laughs> um, but I think, well, looking at, I think Alisson and Edison both started on 5.5 and De Gea, De Gea started on 6, I think, just to correct myself. Uh from that, so I think it's fair to say Alison and Edison will probably start on six, um, and then I, I mean we, we've got enough time. I mean, Jay, with them two possibly being really, really expensive um, compared to most other goalkeepers, will will that make you look away from them? Maybe maybe look at the I don't know what would you say second tier. I don't think Edison's as good as Alison, but in FPL terms, the second tier possibly your Keppers, your Lorries, who may. Be about five ish, I, I assume, maybe five point five. If if not, do you, would that make you look at them, or would you rather be um, like Simon and look at the cheaper options? Yeah, I think this was a topic that we discussed earlier in the season. I think it might have been uh, Tadiwa. He said he picks two four point five keepers, and that's it for the season. He just sticks with them, yeah. um, and come what may, obviously he kind of goes on form dependence, but. Uh, I started the season with Allison, and then I quickly switched off him. And my second goalkeeper for the season was Matt Ryan, and I probably got him at the wrong time because mm. he was he was doing okay for a while. And then when he went off to the Asian Games, I went back to Allison and stuck with him for the rest of the season. Then uh, I think, as Simon's touched on, if you're gonna look at the Liverpool team, then the likelihood is you're going to go for one of Alexander Arnold or Robertson. Um, but Robertson this season started off, I think it was six million, and Arnold was around about five. And they finished on 5.8 for Arnold and 6.7 for Robertson. So if you are going to look ahead to next season, you'd imagine Robertson's going to start at 6.5 and Alexander Arnold at six. So if you do have one or both of them, um, you're probably then going to have an attacker, so you won't have Allison. So yeah, you probably off this season. You you might look towards Patricio at Wolves, um, or maybe Fabianski at West Ham. But the, it's the gamble of clean sheets to bonus points with Fabianski. The for as many clean sheets that he gets, which is not too often, he may just get you the bonus points when they do concede goals because he he does get a peppering. Um, because the guys in front of him don't really do him any favours. So it's one that you've got to balance out across your season. Um, off the top of your head, no one else really sticks out. I don't trust Larissa Tottenham. I wouldn't pick Pickford anyway. Uh, Leno at Arsenal has not really set the world alight. Arsenal can't defend. Yeah, and then Chelsea, we've touched on it before, with, with the transfer ban, you don't know who's going to jump ship at Chelsea. And mm, we don't even know the manager. You don't, don't even know who's going to manage them. Will it be Lampard? Will it be Sally? Will it be the tea lady from the canteen? We don't know. Uh, it's just, it's obviously it's all to be seen and decided over the summer, but at the moment, you'd probably say, if you want a safety first option, you go with Addison, Edison or Alisson. If not, then you probably, you look to bulk out your defence with quality players and go for a mid-level goalkeeper who may just get you the bonus points for the season rather than get you the actual clean sheet points. Yeah, I'm probably looking at the same, unless somehow Alisson isn't too expensive, but I'll probably be looking 
Um, maybe at your Heaton's if he if he's still number one or um, I can't remember the Newcastle goalkeeper's name, Dubravka. Uh, Dubravka. Probably, yeah, probably looking. I think them two probably just uh, obviously we don't know what people's prices and stuff will be, but they're they're probably the two names. Hopefully Dubravka. Foster as well. Sorry, mm. Foster from uh, Wofford. Yeah, he had a really good season. Mm. The only thing that might be put off put me with Wolves players is they're being the Europa League qualifiers quite earlier on, so I'm not sure how that will affect them. Uh, and Patricio burnt the hell out of me this season. So, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, so did Matt Wright, to be fair. Um, we've kind of touched on the defenders there. Obviously, we've got, uh, well, we've got the two highest, uh, I think we've got two of the three highest point scorers. I might be wrong there. Three point uh, highest point scorers um i imagine you were spot on there Jay, with alexander arnold being six robertson might even push up to seven um i think alonso was seven this season wasn't he obviously he's terrible um so say if robertson van dyke are 6.5 to seven and then alexander arnold six does that does side does that make the um second center back spot Possibly a bit of a honey hole, whether that's Gomez, Matip, or Delict. The big one's going to be fifteen million or something. <laughs> Clang. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess it could do. Um, it's just, but then, like, it's probably. I'd say they could price. I probably, I'd imagine they'd price Matip, Gomez, and uh, hopefully he won't be there, but he probably will. Lovering all of five million, I'd say, and it would be just a bit of a, a risk. It'd be kind of, it'll be risky tr- tr- trying to pick which one will actually start. Um, last year or this season, it just kind of the team kind of picked itself with the way injuries worked out. So, and Trent did get rotated a lot more at the start of this season. So even he could be risky to pick. I don't know if he's gonna rotate him at right back a little bit again or if he's going to just let him have the spot um, and we could get a new left back as well so I mean maybe Van Dyke is actually probably the better way to go um, especially like he finished only a few points behind Robertson in the end mm. and I imagine they'll be priced the same I think so but it's hard. I don't know. Start, really, he start taking yeah. free kicks one time, and then he's going. Then he's re- then, then, yeah. then the league's in real trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd certainly be a tough one with the defense because I imagine all of them will be expensive. Probably same with Laporte. So defense might be an interesting one next season. Who, who we um, pick and scrounge, especially with Sheffield United, who have overlapping centre backs. So that'll be fun to pick from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Running out of time now, but midfield, um, we'll just stick with the two two big lads. Cause I mean, I don't think many people will start with Naby, uh, etc. In the team, um, I think we touched on Salah possibly getting um his price reduced because he didn't get a million goals this season, but still finished um top goal scorer and uh he's quite high in the assist charts off the top of my head. Um, Simon, would you expect? Salah to come down, I don't know, say 12 to 12.5, and then Mane probably, I think, probably a similarish jump Sterling had the season previous. I think he went from like 9 to 11. Would you, would you yeah. say that's about right? I'd say so, yeah. I think Mane definitely up by at least 1 or 2 million. And I don't know if they will drop, drop Salah. They don't seem to like dropping players in price too much in the game. Maybe by 0.5, though. I mean, I don't know, mm. should he be the most expensive player again next year? That's the sure. question. Probably, so he could stay the same. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is um, Kane was in second place and he's obviously had a nothing season, so he might go down. Yeah, that's an interesting, because like, injuries, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know how much they take injuries into play because just because of who Kane is. And someone like uh, someone like Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, are they gonna hack him down even more again just because he was injured all season? It's hard, isn't it? Just to know if that's how they'll do it. They probably mm. have to 
knocked them down by at least 0.5 though because their total score was so low. That makes Kane interesting. Yeah, if you take it down to like 11 even, he'd definitely be very interesting. If he's, if say if he Aguero Aubameyang are the same price, I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Jay, do you agree with the uh, the midfield prices? Maybe more goes down point five, but expecting Ma- uh, expecting Mane to make a big a big price jump. Yeah, I think we'll probably expect Mo to start at thirteen and Mane to probably start of the season around about eleven million. Um, going into the forward line, as we've touched on with Kane and Aguero. Um, Keane, you don't know. It depends how his ankles are um, and how he how he goes through the summer. If if he comes back and manages to win that Tim Pot Trophy for England, then the FPL boys might look at him and just maintain his price, even though his fitness and form this season's been patchy to say the least. Um, but one player I probably will pick out going into next season for Liverpool is Oxley chamberlain Obviously, we've missed him this season. Mm. Um, 6.4 million. It couldn't stand in place on the game. He probably started off... Uh, Seven-ish. This yeah. season. This probably starts off around 6.5 to 7. Um, we wouldn't know more until coming across the summer and his pre-season form. But if, if led to be believed, um, as the squad currently stands without any additions, he's going to come in and play a big role next season. Um, so that's probably one to keep on the back burner and keep an eye on us. If you don't go for the defence-heavy option with Liverpool and you're looking for a, a midfielder, he might be one that you could nabble around your squad for some uh, bonus points that people probably aren't going to look at as a, a go-to option. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting with Ox. I mean, if if he does get back to what he was, that could be one of the bargains of next season. But we'll we'll discuss that when the when the game gets the prices updated and next year's set, probably sometime in July. Um, um, only one striker to really talk about, unless we end up signing someone. But we can only speculate if we're going to sign Depay or whoever. Tavarigi. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be the first 20 million player in FPL, isn't he? Jet, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start with you on Bobby then. Um, not the best season for him. I mean, last season he was um, obviously mega. This season, uh, 160 points. I mean, it's not nothing to any. It's not anything to knock him about. But obviously, he's kind of had a few injuries. He's not had the best of form. His position's been tinkered with. At the odd time, uh, I think he started off at nine-ish. Uh, yeah, nine. Um, are we expecting him to stay around the same or possibly go down the smidge? Because there was um, Vardy, even Wilson and Jimenez were ahead of him in the scoring. I think he'll probably, with it being Liverpool, he probably sticks around the nine mark. Maybe 8.5, mm, um, given, his, given his return this season. But with obviously the way we play, he's vital to the way the team play. We all know that. Um, and the FBL lads aren't stupid. They know if he doesn't score, he's probably involved somewhere else around the pitch in terms of setting up a goal or influence and play. Obviously, you don't get points for that, but um, he is vital to the way our system works. And I think it, he was he was a frustrating player this season. You can probably put him in the same category as Hazard, where when he was hot, he was red hot, but when he was not, he was lit, literally limp. Um, and I had him a few times throughout the season. And I think probably one of my key moments in the season was when he had that game against Arsenal. I think he, he ended up getting the hat-trick, if I can remember rightly. I think it was 5-1. He got the penalty off yeah, Salah. 17 um, points he got that weekend. Yeah, I think I had him that week. And then the week after, he done nothing. Uh, so it kind of sums up Bobby, mm. but it's transfer dependent for us and what system we go with. If we bring in another attacker, flexible attacker, whether it be Memphis Depay or uh, Nicholas Pepe, the rumoured lad from Leo, then they're obviously going to play as a wide forward, so you'd imagine Bobby retains the nine. But if it is to be somebody who can play more 
of a nine role be that obviously the rumours going back a while of Timo Werner then would you see Bobby drop back into a more of a, a 10 position which we've seen a couple of times um, this season with Klopp playing the, the diamond of Bobby at the tip so he, he's probably one that you wouldn't put in your first 11 but you keep on the back burner um, and when Things are going hot. It might be a, a week that a week or two where you get them when in. We then... pl- when we play Arsenal, <laughs> every season. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be his go-to game, Arsenal. But yeah, he's he's a frustrating player in terms of FPL. But we all love him, don't we? So he can mm. do whatever he wants for us. Really, he's a he's a mad bastard. So let him continue. Absolutely, lutely. I mean, he's never won. He, he was a he was a, a brilliant option as a midfielder, but as soon as he went to striker, it wasn't the same. But if he goes down in price, I'll I'll gamble on the the smiley bastard. Um, but I think that's all we've got time for. I mean, I, I've quite enjoyed this, and I'm quite looking forward to using that this stat tool next season and my three five two dominance where I come first in <laughs> FPL <laughs> in the world. And unless you all play three five two, I need to say. Nah, you know, nah. I think my, it's just revert to normal. Nah, nah, because <laughs> nah, my average was the highest in the world. <laughs> um, Can we not go for the Sheffield Wednesday option two seven one? Oh uh, my god, Sheffield United, sorry, two seven one, just with the uh, overlapping centre backs and yes. the wing backs tucking in. That could I'm, be a formation really, to set the world alight. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be mental just picking Sheffield United centre backs who score ten a season. Uh but we'll, we'll finish up there. Uh, so thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for everyone listening at home. If you want to discuss any anything about your season or out like that, you know where to find us on Twitter, uh, or even on Discord if you're in if you're in there, there is a section for it. Uh but yeah, thanks to everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>